Hi, welcome to the Parenting Reframe Podcast. I am Elbiona Rakipi, your host. I'm a former teacher, a parent, currently a pediatric speech and language pathologist, and I'm a writer. I've worked with thousands of children and families throughout the last 20 years, and I have learned so much. On this podcast, we'll approach parenting from a curious place. We'll ask questions and get answers, explore new ideas, unpack the unconscious beliefs and expectations we hold on to about parenting, and reframe what it means to parent. We'll search for solutions to some of our biggest parenting challenges, set aside judgments, and find our way through this wild journey. My hope is that this podcast is a space where parents can feel seen, heard, and supported. Welcome aboard, and let's reframe together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Parenting Reframe Podcast. I am your host, Elbiona Rakipi. So today, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, back to school. So it'll be a mini-sode. I was talking to a friend recently, and they said, hey, you should try doing a podcast and like do it in bullet points. Like If you had to give it all in bullets, what would it sound like? So I'm going to kind of try to do that because I know how overwhelming this time of year can be. So I'm going to try to highlight the really salient points that I think I would tell most parents in a coaching session during this time. And hopefully, it brings you a little bit of hopefully peace or calm at least as we approach the school year and get our kids ready to go back to school. Depending on the state that you're in, I'm in Michigan. So most kids go back that last week of August or after Labor Day. It tends to be a big push in Michigan to send kids back to school after Labor Day because we have a big kind of economy around like the Great Lakes and a lot of people vacation through Labor Day. So summer hasn't summer break hasn't ended quite yet. But I know for a lot of my clients who are on or in different states, their kids are already going back to school in mid-August and even in early August in some cases. So let's jump into it. Back to school. First things first, I want you to really consider and think about your own stress level. And the reason I say this is because kids often feed off of what we are projecting feeling, experiencing. Remember, I've said this a million times, kids sense and feel more than they see and hear. So what does this look like? Let's say you have a child who's really anxious about going back to school, or maybe you have a child who struggles to separate, or maybe you just have a child who doesn't love school and now you're approaching this back to school time. And what starts to happen for the parent is we start to experience a lot of our own anxiety around the distress that we know our children are going to experience, particularly if they're in those categories that I just described. So if we don't process that, and if we don't sit and work through that, what starts to happen is our responses to our kids, our body language around school, our actions around back to school start to shift in really subtle ways, but our kids pick up on it. So what does that look like? Maybe one of our kids says something like, oh, I hate school. I wish it could be summer break forever. And let's say this is the child that you know is going to fight you tooth and nail on that first day of school. Because you're already in a stressed state about this, even if it's subconscious, you're already kind of worked up about it, it wouldn't be uncommon in that moment for you to snap back and go, well, school's important. It's important that you go to school. Those are our responsibilities. Like we jump right into a reactive state rather than really thinking about what are they communicating in that moment? How can I help them feel seen? It doesn't mean you have to agree, right? But we can help them feel seen. We can connect the dots for them. But when we're not managing or looking at our own stress around something, our own anxiety around something, what starts to happen is it spills over into the way that we're reacting to our kids about the thing that they're unhappy about. We be make it our own problem and we just want to fix it and we want to make it go away rather than really looking at it and going like, huh, okay, how do I feel when I really don't want to start something back up? How do I feel at the end of a two-week vacation and I have to go back to work? Even if you love your job, there's still some trepidation about changing routines and getting back into that early start, right? You can relate on those levels to your kids. You can completely understand that. So what I like to suggest is this. 
manage your own stress and really give yourself a few minutes a day to really look at what's coming up for you. And can you disconnect your child's distress from your distress? Can you recognize that your kids will experience distress in their lives? It's okay. We want that to happen to some extent because that's how we build resilience and competence. And over time, competence becomes confidence. But if we bypass it, if we squash it, if we just try to walk away from it, we're robbing our kids of those opportunities to really work through and build that muscle. So how can we detach what we're feeling from what our kids are feeling so that we can show up in a way that's going to help honor some of those challenging moments? So once you work and process through that, the best thing to do is really use storytelling in this situation and kind of use a lot of open-ended statements. So when my kids were younger, when they used to kind of like him and haw about like, oh, I don't want to go back to school or I hate it when summer vacation ends or whatever the case is, instead of being reactive toward that and really kind of biting back and saying, well, we have to, and then really kind of laying down the law more or less, what I used to kind of do was just go, you know what? I remember when I was a kid too, I didn't like when summer break ended. I remember feeling that way in August when I knew it was almost time to start waking up early again and that my days weren't going to be wide open. I get that feeling, huh? Yeah. But then there was like really cool things that happened when I'd go to school too. I'd get to see my friends again and then this thing would be going on and then sports would start or, you know, I would just kind of pepper in the different ways that I felt without really policing what I was saying. I was just kind of reminding them that I also know that experience. And in doing so, what starts to happen is your kids start to kind of mellow and and look at their own feelings and go, okay, this is normal. A lot of people feel this way. My mom felt this way. My dad felt this way. Um, my uncle felt this way. Whatever the case is, they start to kind of recognize themselves in your story without it necessarily coming across as a directive of like, no, 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 you better get it together and do good in school, right? That's our fears talking in that moment. That's not really us looking to help our kids work through a struggle or a challenge. So in those moments, really think about using storytelling. And even if your child isn't expressing a lot of you know, anxiety or stress around going back to school, even if you just had those conversations really generally and openly and just kind of see where it lands. Like, oh, how do you guys feel about it? You guys excited? Are you guys feeling a little bit nervous? Or, you know, it's, it's really natural. I mean, when I do something new or I have a new class or I remember feeling nervous and if I go to work and things are completely different, change can be hard sometimes. So I totally get that. And just really be there, make it an available space for them to say what they need to say. You know, even if they're like, well, I don't want to leave you and I'm going to be so sad and I'm going to cry. Just be like, I get that. I'm going to miss you too, but you know what? I'm really excited for you to go back to school and I'm going to go to work while you're at school or I'm going to be doing A, B, and C and you're going to be safe and you're going to be great and you're going to get through it. Like I would just kind of let them have their feelings and their emotions about it without necessarily working at trying to correct it, but also not allowing it to completely take you down and feel guilty in the process or like I said, feel kind of really snappy and reactive if they're saying things like I hate school. So that's number one, manage your own emotions, manage the way you're feeling about it, your stress around it, and then use stories to start connecting with your kids versus really biting back and just trying to shut it down. The next thing is, you know, everybody asks me about this during this time of year, but sleep schedules, sleep schedules are so hard to get back on track. So generally speaking, in an ideal situation, I would tell a parent to give it at least 10 days before school starts and just shift those bedtimes really in small increments. And it's not even really detected by most kids. So you just kind of bump it back by 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But if you haven't had the luxury of being able to do that, doesn't mean that your back's against the wall. It just means that adjust your mindset and recognize that that first week's going to probably be a little bit hairy. Your kids are going to probably have 
more emotions and more big emotions and express them. They're probably going to have a lower tolerance for frustration. They're probably going to be snappier and crabbier and maybe moody. So if we know that ahead of time and we know how to kind of prepare for it and just be ready, the week will go much better, right? So the things I would avoid doing are don't let them nap. That's a really, really hard one. But if you have school-aged kids and let's say they've been used to going to bed really late all summer long and now all of a sudden we're going to try to get them to bed earlier, it's not going to work those first few nights. It's just really impossible. So they probably will end up going to bed a little bit later and waking up earlier. So in doing so, they're going to be really tired throughout the day. And we know that tired kids are usually not the happiest kids. So give them space to kind of feel what they need to feel, but recognize that really working through that sleep schedule is going to be the most important thing you can do for them. So don't take the bait. Don't fight with them about everything. Don't get totally swallowed up by their big emotions. Keep yourself calm. Do par, use pause, acknowledge, respond, reflect. That's the process that I teach parents so that you can recognize the minute you go to snap back at them because you're also feeling fatigued. You're just pausing and recognizing that this is a tough week for them and they are running on empty until they start to regulate that sleep schedule. And then just work at it slowly but surely. Get yourselves back on a schedule that feels more doable. But watch the napping. Don't let them do that. You know, reduce the use of electronics, particularly as you get closer to bedtime. For some kids, TV or watching a show can actually really calm them down. I'm not saying that everybody should do that or that's the answer. But if your kids need something to kind of really unwind them, certainly try those options and then see as they lull themselves to sleep how that goes. But certainly if you ever wanted to jump on a discovery call or learn more about how I help parents work through these kind of sleep struggles, my link will be in the show notes if you want to reach out. But sleep schedules is a big one. And once sleep starts to get better, you can start to almost always, things just fall into place pretty quickly in terms of behaviors and challenges and and whatnot. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the idea of letting go when you're feeling overwhelmed. So it is an overwhelming time of year for parents. I remember myself, like when my kids went back to school, not only were you adhering to a new schedule, but your kids were usually pretty crabby about it. Back to that sleep schedule thing until they're sleep regulated, their threshold was a little bit lower in terms of tolerating things and feeling frustrations, more tantrums, more meltdowns, more emotions, all of it, right? The other piece of it too is like the school piece of it. There was always a million emails I had to respond to and then things you have to go to and meet the teacher and the open house and send in a million materials with your kids every single day about an about me bag or this poster or that. And it just feels so overwhelming. So from a parent standpoint, there are a few things I want you to think about. I wrote an article a while ago for a publication called Our Detroit. And I wrote it during the pandemic, kind of really helping overwhelmed parents, teaching them how to let go. And it still stands true, the principles that I outlined in that article. So I'm just going to share them here really quickly. But I'll also include that in the show notes if you ever wanted to dive deeper, take a look at what the article says specifically. So number one is really get clear on your priorities. And this changes all the time. So the best way for me to really do this is I do what I call a rear view mirror test. If you're familiar with author Light Watkins, he teaches something similar and it's called the 10-year test. And what you do is you sort of envision yourself 10 years from now or five years from now or even two years from now. And you look back at this exact moment that you're in and you really ask yourself, What do I want to remember about right now, about this day, about this time in my life? Are you really going to sit and think about the fact that your kitchen was in perfect order or that all the laundry was folded and put away or that, you know, things were quote unquote perfect? Or are you going to want to remember the way your kids felt or that you walked away from a messy kitchen and sat and played with your kids for 30 minutes because you knew that was going to really help make the day go a little bit better? Or maybe you decided to go out for a walk because that's what you really needed in that moment, not to necessarily bog yourself down with more things to do. So it really helps remind us of the bigger question, which is what do I need? This is often a question that most mothers in particular will 
walk away from or won't really sit and listen to, it's really important that we ask ourselves this question that we do it frequently. So that's number one, do that rearview mirror test and get really clear on your priorities. Number two, I want you to give yourself permission to break the rules. When we have changes in routines, it's hard on our kids and it's hard on us. So instead of giving yourself more things to think about doing or parenting really rigidly, I want you to kind of say to yourself like, hey, maybe every meal this night isn't going to be the healthiest. Or maybe we're going to get carry out more times this week than we normally would. But that's going to really help me to free up my time. So that's one less thing I'm thinking about. Or maybe I'm going to take off. I'm going to save a couple of PTO days and I'm going to make sure to take them off in that first week because it's going to help me ground. And in order to be more grounded I am, the more calm and anchored my kids will be. Recognize like what are the areas where you can kind of bend the rules a little bit and you don't have to stick so hard to sort of these schedules that we sometimes adopt or these to-do lists that we think we absolutely have to do. Maybe bedtime is going to look a little bit differently. Maybe you're going to look at some of the battles that you normally have with your kids, let's say around screen times or things like that. Maybe you just decide like not this week. This week isn't going to be the week that I'm going to lay down a whole new set of rules around screens and homework and all. Maybe I'm just going to ease into it. So give yourself permission to break the rules. Where are you finding that it feels really rigid and, and controlling? And where can you kind of loose, you know, let go a little bit? And also just be able to maintain, you know, what's being asked of you. And the last thing is I want you to think about doing check-ins. Check-ins are really important. But I describe what I mean when I say a check-in is that like every day or every week, I want you to think about what works and what doesn't. What do I need and what don't I need? And go back to that rearview mirror test and really ask yourself, what is this week? What am I expecting this week to look like? What do I really need to focus on? Once you get really clear on that, it becomes really easy to let go or say no to the things that you can say no to. Instead of just saying yes all the time and walking through it blindly, you're going to be a lot more aware. You're going to circle back to like the three things that are a yes in terms of priority. Then you're going to look at everything else and kind of go like, that's not priority this week. So it's no problem if I say no to this family member that I can't commit to doing the thing I do usually with them. Or maybe I clear my schedule on this day and this day because I know that that's not what's really being asked of me right now. Or maybe I carve out a little bit of time for myself because I know that the stress level is going to be a lot higher this week. Nonetheless, whatever that answer is, you have to just really sit still and get really quiet and ask yourself, what do I need? You can also do this reflectively. So you can look back at a week and say what worked and what didn't. What could I have said no to that I actually said yes to out of pressure or feeling like I had to? Once you start to cultivate this practice, it starts to get really easy in terms of figuring out how you want to use your time. And what I like about it the most, at least in my own life, I found this to be true, is that you start to practice intentionality, which is awesome because now we're intentional with the things that we're doing. Meaning when I say yes to you about something, it's a full yes. I'm fully committed. I'm excited. I'm all in. I'm 100% committed. And when I say no, it isn't personal. It's just that not right now. It's just not what I need right now. And then that's okay. So really recognizing those things and getting really clear is such an important way to really put your time back together and get through some of these crazier weeks like these back to school times. So I hope that helps. If you ever wanted to dive deeper or learn more, certainly come on over and send me an email and maybe we can set up a time to talk. But um, for now, I will leave you with those and wish you a lot of luck in this very, very hectic time. And hopefully your kiddos will adjust pretty quickly to this back to school. And hopefully everyone has a great school year. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening right now. And what really makes my day is if you share or recommend the podcast to a friend, it is the greatest compliment. If you have not already, head on over to theparentingreframe.com where you can subscribe to get my weekly newsletter, Parenting Skimmed. 
10 sentences delivered to your inbox every Thursday to help you parent and live a better life. It's for the parent who constantly told me, I just don't have time to read. Make sure to come and say hi to me on Instagram at The Parenting Reframe. My DMs are always open and I love hearing from you. Until next time, this is Albiona. Albiona.